we stand. Um, you'd probably do you well to read the, all the chapters 12, 16, and 17, but we're not going to do that this morning. Um, but Abraham, he wanted to obey God. God told him what to do, when to do it, and where to do it. But then he and Sarah got impatient. They got out of line. They did what they wanted to do. And they reaped what they sowed. Then God gave them a child according to God's order. And we know the rest of the story. So if you're there at Genesis 12, and would like to stand the reading in honor of God and his holy word. <clears throat> now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee, make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Skip into verse 7. <clears throat> and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. In chapter 16, verse 11. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, that is Hagar, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. <coughs> Excuse me. And he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. And she called the name, called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seeth me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Chapter 17, verse 16. And I will bless her and give thee a son of her. Talking about Sarah now. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of all nations. Kings and people shall be of her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear a son? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, verse 20, as, as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at the set time in the next year. Father, speak to our hearts. Lord, you know what I have who to say this morning, and I pray that you would anoint that word. I pray that your will be done. I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts, and I ask you to respond, us to respond to you as you would have us to. And God, we'll love you and thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the idea of freedom and the reality of liberty began in the hearts of our uh, God 
many years before things began to happen. It began in the heart of God. In John 8.32, he simply says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You've got to stand on the truth. The truth is not only God's Word, but the truth is Jesus Christ. Amen? And we've got to stand on the foundation in which he set. He said, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We've got to stand, folk, unless we fall for anything. It was God who planted the seed of freedom in the hearts of our forefathers. They left their homeland and they sailed to a new world in search of a God-given liberty. One of the documents, such as was called the Mayflower Compact, declared freedom based on the teachings of Jesus out of the Holy Word of God. It was a government that was formed of the people, by the people, <clears throat> and for the people in the power of God. That was their goal. That's what was set out in the beginning. And on July the 4th, 239 years ago yesterday, the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia rang out the good news of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. We've adopted the Liberty Bell. We've adopted our great flag, Paul Revere's midnight ride, the tomb of the unknown soldier, the planting of old glory on Iwo Jima, and the salute and the statue of liberty that sits in New York Harbor. All of these, and soldiers in uniform, when we see them out on the street, are symbols of our freedom. Many of you have served. Many of you have fought. And I'm sorry for the way some of you have been treated. I salute you. I praise God for you. The man said, I served my country. I did what my country asked me to do. Since the arrival of the Statue of Liberty, which was a gift from France. Lady Liberty has stood proudly as the entrance, or the eastward entrance of the United States of America, where she has welcomed and received visitors, merchants, refugees from distant lands. The story goes that our soldiers who return home coming through that harbor say their first glimpse of her is completely overwhelming to be able to come back home. She has unfailingly welcomed to our shores the downcast, the outcast, the poor, the homeless, the helpless, to offer them a new beginning. But now, worldwide enemies are trying to destroy all that she stands for. If Lady Liberty was a real person, I'm satisfied she would be shedding tears today for decisions that have been made 
by our country. First of all, I want us to think about the offspring of Ishmael. You have it in the scripture there. Multiplied millions of Arabs who populate our planet sprang primarily from the loins of Ishmael. The Bible says he will be a wild man and he will be after every man. Ishmael was the son of Abraham and Sarah's impatience and lack of trust in God. Impatience and lack of trust. We see a divine call there in chapter 12 where the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of your country, away from your kindred, away from your father, away from all that would distract you from doing what I ask you to do, and I'm going to show you where to go. It was a divine call from God, and Abram obeyed that call and built an altar to worship and to praise God on. But then there was a doubtless compromise when it seemed time was running out for them to have a child. And Sarah says, well, you just take the maid. Hey, Hagar, I just let her let you have her, and uh, maybe she'll give you a, a son. Abraham consented to the wrong party when he consented to his wife's suggestion. Listen, we, if we are so determined to go ahead of God and do what we want to do, the Bible says we will reap what we sow. We will reap more than we sow, and we will reap longer than we sow. So we see in chapter 16, this devilish child, Ishmael, then and now is a constant, constant source of threat and conflict, and the instigator of all violence that takes place today. The destiny the destiny child there in 17, as promised at a time when man could not have had anything to do with it, God blessed Abraham and Sarah with a son. He was 100 years old. She was 90. You say, that's impossible. It is, unless God's involved in it. And God was involved in it. So Isaac and Ishmael, descendants, have been fighting ever since. Ever since. It's Ishmael's descendants who make up the majority in our world today of terrorists that's against every movement that Christianity has ever had. They hate God, they hate the Lord Jesus, and they, bottom line, they hate you and me. It's the fact that Mohammed came up with the God called Allah. The story is told that Mohammed entered a cave where Satan met him and gave him what we know as the Koran. Amazing. Today, all those who follow Mohammed and or Allah are headed down a fiery road which ends in hell, believe it or not. They're on a demon-possessed route. And it seems that they cannot 
turn back. They're on suicide missions that leads them straight into hell, regardless of what their leader might say. We see the children of Jezebel. I won't turn to that portion of God's word, but if you're writing 1 Kings chapter 21, we see a pouting husband there, people wanting their way, people on the side of Mohammed, Allah, Ishmael. It seems that Naboth had a vineyard that was handed down from his father. And Ahab wanted that vineyard, and he asked him to sell it to him, and he said, no, I cannot and will not. So Ahab goes home and begins to pout, and his wife, Jezebel, said, what's the matter with you? He said, I want that vineyard, and he won't sell it to me. We are not only see a pouting husband, I want you to listen, we see a plotting heifer here. She said, you leave it to me, honey, I'll get that piece of property for you. So not only that pouting husband got what he wanted because of a plotting heifer, but listen, there was a prophet's Herod. God spoke to Elijah. He said, I want you to go down there and I want you to tell Ahab what's going to happen to him. If he does not back off, the dogs will lick up his blood. And that's what happened. We also see the, the uh, prostitute's heritage. Jezebel. Elijah said... The dogs will destroy you and eat you alive. And that's exactly what happened. The spirit of Jezebel has swept across our nation like a cheap perfume. Our nation, where is our morals? I understand that some of our young people are smoking as young as the fourth grade. Smoking cigarettes as young as a fourth grade. Drinking alcohol that an adult has to furnish them. Experiencing sex outside of marriage. Trying it out and some are become pregnant and some are having abortions. Some are te- choosing to have the baby that the parents and the grandparents will raise. It's against God. It's a Jezebel act, if you please. We see the spoiled brats also. I want to tell you something. I want you to listen. America has become like a ship without a rudder and without a sail, just drifting wildly on the ocean of sin. When you spell sin, S-I-N, the dead center of it is I. I am responsible for my sin. I cannot blame anyone else and should not blame anyone else when I reap what I sow. Where in the world did we go wrong? Why have we gotten so far from the pattern? We can't blame Washington. There's no use of pointing our finger at Washington or some... um, Party, Democratic Republican Party. The finger needs to be pointed at you and me. We believe in the existence of God. I do. I believe in the existence of God. But sometimes the way we act, we don't believe that He even exists. I believe the Bible is true. But we don't really believe what it says. 
God says, I will if you don't. And he will get around to it. We believe that the, that the word of God is the breath of God, but we don't expect him to speak to us. And if he does, we don't hear him. We ignore it. Surely, you don't want me to do that. Listen, God never ever made a mistake when he spoke to Abraham and told Abraham what to do. He was not kidding. Get out of your country. Get away from your kinfolk. Get away from anything that's going to hinder you from following me. I have a great plan for you. But he got out of line. According to the American Bible Society, I want you to listen. Most Americans have at least four Bibles in their home. You think of how many do you have? I don't even know. <laughs> There's a buck more than four. But the average American home has at least four Bibles in the home. 57% read the Bible at least four times a year. You think about it. Four times a year. 25% read it regularly. And many who come to the house of God on a given large day never ever bring their Bible with them. Does it mean anything? Oh, it's laying on our coffee table. Probably so thick with dust we can't read what it says on the front cover. When do we pick up the word of God? When we're in trouble. When do we call on the preacher? When we're in trouble. When do we go to church? When we're in trouble. Ishmael, a wild man. Our nation is like the Titanic. We've already hit the iceberg, people. We're going down. We're going down. It's sad to say. God, our Heavenly Father, has long since been removed from the White House. God, our Heavenly Father, has long since been removed from the schoolhouse. And sad to say, God would love to reign in some of our homes. He's not a welcome guest at the table anymore. We just sit down and we begin to gorge ourselves, not realizing at all where it comes from. We've removed God from almost everything except our money. We say and we sing, and we did this morning, God bless America. We should be singing, God, change America and begin in me. So we can more completely say and sing and pledge, land of the free, home of the brave. And I say a lighthouse to anyone who's lost needing Jesus. In uh, Revelation 3.14 the church was Laodicea. They told God all the good things they were doing. And God said, yeah, but you're not hot and you're not cold. You're lukewarm. And because you are, I will spew you out of my mouth. I am sick of the way you are doing. We've stood idly by and allowed prayer to be taken out of our schools. We've watched the Ten Commandments be thrown into the latrine. We've been told where we can pray, when we can pray, where we can just put our Christian literature and when it needs to be picked up and when not to be picked up.
And most people say, well, it's the times are changing. Yes, the times are changing. We got to change with it. But the word of God still stands. It has not changed. I don't know where we get all this of, of idly standing by. Listen, it's not going to get better, y'all. It's going to require more and more Christians to go to the polls and vote. You say, well, I don't have anybody to vote for. Well, let me tell you something. Whoever goes in, if you did not vote, that's who you voted for. Like it or not. That's about the only privilege we have left. I've been told, hey, we can't. We can't advertise our church up here in the city. I'll somehow, maybe misquoting that, but I say this: they can't stop us from putting what God leads us to put out here on this sign. This is our property; God's given it to us. It's God's. He's allowing us to have it and overlook it. it we can do what we want to here, as far as, as serving the Lord. And I'm sick and tired of people saying, "Oh, you can't do that anymore." Well, watch me. I mean, I, that's no sense in it. Where you stand? It is not okay. We need to pray and pray and pray. And asking God to bless America. Many of you have been out of this country, and I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> if you think you got it, if you think we've got it bad here in America, go out of this country. Live for a while somewhere else. We're blessed. There is power in prayer. We need to simply run the race that's been set before us. Abandon wickedness. If we know it's a wicked thing, run from it. Get away from it. Don't stray. Don't fall. Follow God. Yield to the Holy Spirit of God. He's promised to bless us. It's amazing that in, in chapter 12, now the Lord said unto Abram, God spoke to Abram and he heard him speak. God speaks today and he wants us to listen. And so he says, I want you to get out of your country. I want you to remove yourself from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. A land that he said was flowed with milk and honey, and all you got to do is follow me. Do you realize, hey, not only was Isaac born out of that family and Ishmael born out of that family, but if you follow those families on and on and on and go back over how many great, great, greats they are, we're either kin to and following Isaac the way he followed the Lord, or we're following Ishmael. You're either following Jesus or you're following the devil. It's just that simple. You can't split the fence. Jesus said you're either for me or against me. You say, I'm only one person. Well, stand on the word of God if you're only one. And if you're lost this morning, I beg you in the name of Jesus to get saved. You say, I don't know what to do. You come down to the front when the invitation hymn starts and I'll be glad to share and show you and you can pray a prayer and invite Jesus into your heart and walk out of here a brand new person standing on the word of God. But if you say, oh, 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not ready to do that. You are following Ishmael. And you're on a devil's road that leads to hell, period. Nowhere else does it lead to. Talking to a young man, I said, do you, do you have any idea where you might go when you leave this world? He said, no, I don't. I said, well, there's not but two places, heaven or hell. And you must make a choice. What will your season be? I praise God for my freedom. I praise God for those who have fought for our freedom. Whether it be on this soil or foreign soil. We stand together. I just want to ask you this morning, if you want to come to this altar, just for the one simple reason, to pray for our nation, that we'll walk before God, I want you to come. If you've never been saved, I want you to come. Some of you have been saved and never made it public. Listen, you've never made it public. Where are you standing? I'll tell you where you're standing. Listen, Peter was a follower of Jesus. You know where he was caught standing? In the shadow. He cussed and swore he never knew Jesus. If you've been saved and never made it public, today's the day. Just simply come and say, hey, I've been saved. I'm ready to join. I want to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't wait. Don't put that off. You're going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God and give an account of this life. I beg you, do what God asks you to do today. If he has saved you, you should not be ashamed. If he has saved you, you should be willing to follow him. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts, touch lives. God, you, you know our souls, you know our hearts, you know our thoughts, you know our intentions. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that your will be done in this service today. Lord, yesterday we just celebrated our independence as a nation. And Lord, I just want to go a step further and celebrate my independence in you. That I depend upon you to keep me going the way you'd have me to go. And Lord, may I not fail to go to the altar. Even in our home where Lynn and I read our Bible and where we pray every day is our altar. God, I ask you to help us as a congregation that we would stand together in the name of Jesus. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.